Hi, I'm co-host Lois Donkwa, and this is the 100 Alumni Voices podcast, Stories That Inspire, where we explore the personal and professional journeys of a diverse group of 100 doctoral alumni from Johns Hopkins University. Today, we're joined by Saeed Ashrafinia, PhD in Electrical Engineering and current Collaboration Manager at Siemens Health and Years. Hi, Saeed. Hello, Louis. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Ah, well, I'm excited to dive in, and I think I want to first start by hearing about why you wanted to pursue a PhD in Electrical Engineering and also just more about your graduate work at Hopkins in general. Thank you very much. So before joining my PhD program, I had a background in electrical engineering, both in my bachelor and master's. And for my PhD, I was looking to expand my uh, impact, uh, in, expand the impact of my future career uh, to the areas that are of more value to, uh, to everyone. And especially for that, I was looking into healthcare and pursuing a PhD at Johns Hopkins University in the, under the subject that I was in, uh, which was nuclear medicine, was a perfect place for me with my background in electrical engineering, having impact in an area of healthcare that can hopefully provide value to thousands and thousands of individuals. It's funny because a lot of people pursue a PhD with great intention, but it sounds like you pursued a PhD with intention in a way that was a little unorthodox, where you pursued a degree in engineering, knowing you wanted to make a healthcare impact. And I, I'm curious more about kind of what drove you to do that and how you went about doing that, knowing that engineering and healthcare seem like opposite things. That's a great question. So first of all, I had that vision even before my PhD, even I was in high school, I was having that vision that I was looking for a career with that level of impact. I wasn't only looking for you know something that I can just go outside and make money out of it. Or even when I was doing elect uh, studying electrical engineering, uh, just to uh, limit my scope, uh, related to electrical engineering work not because I'm not saying that these are you know anything of less value or anything but because I was provide more impact to more people for that reason I started a, a cross continent trip uh, at the end of my master's degree I uh, provide this photo as one of the two photos that uh, that I was asked uh, for 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 a Hopkins alumni 100 and uh, it's a map of the trip that I took uh, to go to different universities across US and Canada to find uh, these uh, such programs 
so back then I, I was studying masters of electrical engineering at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver. So I started my trip from Vancouver, went down to LA, then from there to Davis, one of my friends. I went to UC Davis, I went to Berkeley, Stanford, then from there uh, I went to LA, then from there UC San Diego. I was there, uh, then from there I took a plane to Atlanta, I went to Georgia Tech, from there another plane to Baltimore, I came to Johns Hopkins University, was there for a few days, then I drove to Philadelphia, I went to UPenn, from there to New York City, to Columbia University, and from there to Toronto, and uh, after seeing University of Toronto, I flew back all the way to Vancouver. So the whole cross-country, the cross-continent trip, uh, and, and it was it was such a unique experience. After many many years, I still remember that trip with with, with lots of memories and lots of uh, great things that I learned. Of course, the biggest part of it was meeting a lot of faculty members, talking to them, discussing uh, potential opportunities, and this had a great, like tremendous value uh, for me uh, regarding identifying what I want to do uh, next. That's such a cool approach and way to kind of pick which doctorate program would make most sense for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm curious how that approach of like picking and choosing and really exploring the different options carried into how you thought about what type of role you would want after your doctorate program? Like, did you do similar things like where you would explore all kinds of different companies? That's a, that's a good question. So first I'm gonna answer to, this, to your second question. And that is the time that we have during our academic programs, especially master and PhD, this is a this gives us a tremendous opportunity to be liberated from, you know, some of the grown-up world uh, bounds, such as you know, a, a job or you know, perhaps more dedication with family and all that. And we can really use these few years to go and explore more and more areas. The more, the better. Um, this opportunity may never come back in our lives. I'm saying that after you know being away from academia for a couple of years or several years. Uh, being in academia, that's the only place, that's one of the only places that you can freely go and explore areas, areas that not only you know limited to your field, but you can even consider you know the areas that are somehow related, uh, consider interdisciplinary areas and all that. But being in academia, that those few years, this is this is just such a great opportunity. And then going to uh, answering to your first question, um, yeah, I I try to kind of evaluate my options. And back then, I mean, this started really as a fun idea, uh, but I really found found it uh, impactful and, uh, and and greatly helped my uh, decision with my decision making. Because I was there in this university. I mean, uh, so I want to actually get into the, this. This is an important point too. So when, as a student, we apply for other programs, we start, you know, emailing other 
uh, universities and email sending emails to uh, or not even sending emails we just go on the website and start applying you know and we never know with which faculty we're going to end up but going to these universities in person meeting the person the faculty who i'm going to work with closely for let's say four five six years seeing the lab environment and all that this uh, i have many friends that that they have they are pursuing or they have been per pursuing their program uh, and they're even they're doing that in a reputed university uh, but they are really in trouble with the relationship they have with their uh, with their uh, with their supervisor uh, if they had the opportunity to go and you know search uh, what they're going to get themselves into uh, probably they had a better uh, and, and more pleasant experience during their uh, uh, graduate program. That's such a good point, kind of knowing if the environment is a good space for you and pinpointing how someone's work style might work with your own work style. And I'm curious, so you mentioned, it, it sounds like you have a very interdisciplinary career. And I'm curious how an understanding of different work styles has both informed how you've gone through your career, but also how you've existed professionally and talked to different groups of people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, so first of all, I'm gonna start by saying that we are in a very great era that you can do great, but by being an expert in one single field and really know it uh, very well, but you can also be great and, uh, and super useful if you enter an interdisciplinary field. And nowadays with the boundaries between different areas of you know, science, engineering, med medicine and all that becoming more you know, faded, it's easier than ever to get into these in interdisciplinary fields. There are way more opportunities and you can provide much more value either be in academic setting or in industry? Yeah, no, that, that answered my yeah. question completely. Okay. I'm curious then, so I'm someone that I'm a little biased. I love interdisciplinary work. I think collaboration is so important, but from your perspective, I'm curious what has been challenging about working in an interdisciplinary field from people thinking that you may not understand, that basically them pigeonholing you as just an engineer or just a researcher or whatever else they see you as? What's challenging about that? Yeah, of course it's very challenging, especially in my role as a collaboration manager that I facilitate research uh, being in product development, in clinical validation, clinical evaluation or clinical marketing. Uh, so I have to be the bridge between our uh, internal experts and scientists and external faculty members and doctors. Uh, so of course, in many of these meetings, uh, perhaps I'm the, the least informed person in the room compared to the expert that, experts that are, that are sitting on the both sides of the table. But there are ways to you know, prepare, of course, knowing the subject of the meeting, knowing the agenda, I can go and read before that to just uh, ask uh, to just learn a little bit more and one more thing that i want to say and this is uh, perhaps exclusive to my current role being in johns hopkins and 
pursuing the P my PhD degree in electrical engineering at a lab that was at Johns Hopkins Hospital really provided me this great background of both engineering and clinic. So um, it kind of, you know, you get to that level when you, you're not afraid. Uh, so of course they're, they're way more, you know, clinical and medical jargons in these meetings. But because I was, you know, I was in that environment during my PhD, my lab was in the department of radiology. I was more, you know, in con in communication with the, fac with the medical school faculty. So I wasn't afraid of, you know, these settings and these dialogues and this greatly helped. Right, it's important to put yourself out there outside of your comfort zone. Exactly. How did that, um, and I guess you already began to get at that, but how did that help you kind of exist com comfortably and confidently in the space that you're in now? And can you also just tell us what are exciting parts and what are fun parts about what you do? Hmm, interesting. So, well, about the fun parts of what I do, uh, actually the, 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 the greatest thing about what I do is that is the fact that I, I I, I am in I, the greatest part of my current role is to be connected to the greatest minds of our field across the world, and especially for my uh, focus area, North America. Uh, so this is my like the, the the thing that I like the most about my current role. Um, I have frequent meetings with uh, you know with with doctors and professors uh, that are you know in in, in uh, great universities, great hospitals, and not just that, but also in my current role, I have this unique opportunity that if I see a, a specific area that's worth pursuing by industry, I can bring it in and I can present it to our company so that they start exploring and potentially putting a product out there for it. This is something that in academia, it's very hard to reach. Like mostly people are involved, you know, with publishing papers and, and things like that, especially in graduate studies. But in industry is where you can, you know, really make that a feasible, a tangible product. And my current role greatly gives me this opportunity to be in communication with these great minds, and also, if there's an if there's a good idea out there that is close to uh, implementation, this is a very important thing. Then I can get that and bring it to the company and say, "Let's consider this as well." That's so cool. You're you're able to be a part of impact at the ground level, but it's also even like even like a seedling of impact. You have access to that. Yes, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm curious how you've noticed lessons from your doctorate program showing up into what you do now. Like, I know that you knew you wanted to have this type of impact, but are there specific skills and things that you learned specifically in your program, whether it was advice you received or anything like that? So two important things I'm going to uh, add to my answer. The first is uh, the great help by my advisor, through uh, my supervisor, Dr. Alman Rahmim. 
throughout my uh, graduate studies at Johns Hopkins. The fact that he provided me with the opportunity to go to uh, multiple conferences a year and see the, these you know, other faculties, other professors, this was just uh, tremendously useful. So in conferences, in, when you go to a conference, it's, a, it's an environment that you're going to see not only, of course, people in academia, but also in industry. And when you go there every year, maybe a few times a year, you get to see these guys and they get to see you too. Of course, you're very junior, but you start to kind of like build this relationship. My advisor was kind enough that like the two of us, we were maybe, or with other lab members when we were uh, walking or we were, we were in the conference venue, he was introducing us to, you know, to his other colleagues from other universities. And it got us to a point at, at, the, at, at the end of my uh, PhD program that offers started, like I was starting, I was started to receive offers without even me wanting to go there and ask for, you know, opportunities. Uh, because, the, and, and these offers were coming from faculties, professors, or industry members that used to see me in the past couple of years, every year, you know, coming to conferences, present. So they have a background. And so if, if they were looking for a position, for an open position that they had as a postdoc or as a faculty, you know, that the, they would, you know, suggest that to me. And I was at a point in my, uh, at the end of my uh, uh, fourth year that I was having, I mean, I was fortunate to have, uh, to have multiple uh, offers that I could kind of entertain and pick and choose. So it was, it was, it was really interesting. And the second part I want to add to that is, again, <clears throat> going back to that uh, interdisciplinary uh, discussion that we had. So I wanted to have a, a, a feeling of business side of things. And for that reason, being in collaborations team in our company was one of the best places to uh, provide me with that. Being in collaboration, you have one foot in research and in the clinical side of things, and of course, another one in in business and in management and execution, and you have to be the bridge with, to 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 make this happen, to connect people from outside of the industry, outside of your company, to the you know to scientists and experts inside. So this was just such a, 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 a such a great you know mixture of business management, execution, engineering, electrical, and all that all together. And I was seeing that as a Kind of like a middle milestone in my long-term career growth to where I, where I want to be. I didn't want to just enter industry from bottom, from very bottom of it, as you know, as a, just a, a programmer or whatnot. Uh, neither I wanted to just forego all my experiences during my graduate study and start, you know, as someone who's doing solely business. So I entered somewhere in the middle, uh, and uh, I, I, I think I made the right choice, and I'm really looking forward to. Uh, a future that brings more impact, and I can where and and where I can provide more value. Ah, that's exciting to hear, and it's it's so important to have a mentor that can really support your interests, whether it's them introducing you to their peers or helping support your desire to have impact in the way that you're looking to have it. So I have two more questions for you, if that's okay. 
And the first, the first is about your advice. So I'm curious what advice you would give to someone who's interested in having an interdisciplinary career that looks like yours. So again, I mentioned about the importance of uh, interdisciplinary areas and the fact that they are so much sought after these days in different settings, in academia, in corporation, in startups, everywhere. So if, if you're someone that have the opportunity to, to find that kind of interdisciplinary or niche area and you can develop your skill sets and be on top of things on that, I mean, you're doing just great. And you, you, will, you will definitely uh, find institutions being any of the tools that I said uh, that are, they, they really want you, I mean, very bad. Uh, yeah. That's great. Well, so as my last question, I'm curious what inspires you right now? Well, um, as I said before, I, uh, um, to answer this question, I'm going to back to the answer that I gave for my first question, which was the vision that I see for myself in my life to help people uh, in a very broad setting and I found that to be in healthcare. So I look forward to move up uh, in our, uh, in the corporate setting and gain more experience. And this will definitely help me that in the future decisions that I make will have greater impact, not only in the business, but maybe I also consider an exit point sometime in the future uh, not so far uh, that I exit a corporate world and I can uh, start something of my own with the experience that I gained throughout these years working for a, a reputable and very successful company. Um, so um, I think the plan that I had for myself so far has worked great, although it has its ups and downs. For example, COVID uh, right at the beginning of my uh, career as a full-time employee has its own, you know, uh, has its own taxes uh, on, on, on my career growth. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, the challenges is something that we embrace and, and, and we would never stop because, you know, of some bottleneck or, or something that, ha that has happened uh, in the middle of our work or uh, our path. Uh, well, what inspires you has now inspired me. And for that, Saeed, I want to thank you. Thank you for all of your words. Thank you for your time. And also just sharing a little bit about your experiences and the moments that have gotten you to this moment today. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me again.